When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you too long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. I was doing some shopping for the woman who lived down the street. She was older and it was harder for her to get out and about. She handed me her shopping list and a little envelope with $100 in cash, a lock of hair, and five apple seeds. Or the extra things on the list, she explained. I tackled the grocery store items first. Eggs, apples, cheese, bread, toilet paper, milk, and butter. Then, onto the hardware store to get twine, and five bags of bird seed. I looked at the next location on her list. It simply read, The edge of the woods at the end of the field to the north of Redwood Farms. I was to meet Breck and pick up an item labeled The Package. The first teller for this episode is Brenda Wong Aoki. She is a playwright, actor, and storyteller. Her work combines Eastern and Western narratives and theatrical traditions such as No, Kyogen, Commedia dell'arte, modern dance, Japanese drumming, and American jazz. While I am thrilled to share her stories on the podcast, there's something missing if you only hear her. This is the story, How a Little Girl's Tears Saved the World. This is a story about why some people are left-handed and why some people are right-handed. A long time ago, the Hmong people lived way up in the mountains. They planted rice and corn and winter melon. The village chief's daughter was called Means High. Means High was seven years old, and she was very much like other little girls, except she was a bit of a crybaby. <laughs> One day, drawn by the sound of the people washing rice, shh, 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 out of the northern sky came a huge black bird. Big as a house, an iron beak, blood red eyes. He swooped down, sucked up half the people in the village as if they were so many worms lying in the grass. All the people who survived ran to the village chief. Help us, help us, save us, they cried. The village chief called Shao the wise man. Shao beat his sacred drum. Ton, ton, ton. We must pray to the king of the sky and ask him to send us a hero to save us. So all the people burnt incense and prayed to the king of the sky for a hero to save them. 
Now the village chief was worried. He hid his only child, means high, in the sacred drum and sealed it tight. Then he said, means high, don't cry. You just stay in the drum until I tell you to come out. And means high said, It's nothing. It's just the sound of the people washing rice. But, Daddy, don't you remember the last time we washed rice? That's when the big black... Then out of the northern sky came a huge black bird. He swooped down, sucked up all the rest of the people, as if they were so many worms lying in the grass, so that no one was left except means high, hiding in the sacred drum. <laughs> Meanwhile, up in heaven, the king of the sky looked down and saw a hungry hunter taking a nap. The king of the sky thought, Aha, this man shall be the hero to save the village. So the king of the sky used his magic and put down the tracks of a wild boar. The hunter woke up and saw hoof prints. Oh boy, wild pig! I'm gonna catch him and cook him and make boadi, barbecued pork. Yum, yum, oh boy, wild pig! Hoop boy, wild pig, hoop boy, wild pig, through the valley and up the mountain. Hoop boy, wild pig, hoop boy, wild pig, until he came to a wonderful village with rice and corn and winter melon, but no wild pig. Maybe if I hit this old drum, that wild pig will run out. Then I'll catch him and cook him and make boadi. Yum, yum. Ton, ton. Tone. Uh, uh, uh. Eat me quick, I'm scared. Huh? Tone, tone, tone. Uh, uh, uh. Eat me quick, I'm scared. Huh? Tone, tone, tone. Uh, uh, uh. Eat me quick, I'm scared. Hmm. The hunter took out his spear and slit open the drum. Shh. Out popped. Means high. She told him all about the big black bird and how he'd eaten up all the people. Little girl, can you make that bird come here? I think so. All you gotta do is wash a little rice. Do it. Uh-uh! I'm scared. Do it! Shh! 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 Sure enough, out of the northern sky came the huge black bird. He swooped down. At that moment, the hunter let loose with his spear. Hoo! Ah, ah, ah! Uh. The hunter slit open the belly of that beast. Inside were thousands and thousands of human bones. This is all that remained of the people in the village. My daddy's in there. <laughs>
hunter hated listening to girls cry, so he began to put the bones back together. Shh, 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 means high continued to cry. <laughs> the hunter hated listening to girls cry, so he worked faster. Shh, shh, shh. After 49 days and 49 nights, the hunter had put together 3,000 sets of bones, and Means High had wept 3,000 teacups of tears. The hunter took those tears and he poured them over each set of bones, and ding! Up popped all the people. Just as happy as you please, except the hunter had worked so fast that some people's arms were on backwards. And that's the reason why, from that day to this, some people are left-handed and some people are right-handed. Today's fairy tale sponsor is the Emperor's Nude Facial Lotion and Makeup. Many makeups today sit on your skin like the brick house the third pig built. The Emperor's Nude Facial Lotion and Makeup feels so light on your skin, you won't even know it's there. The lotion comes in beautiful etched glass bottles, and while they may look empty, only those who know how to apply moisturizer properly will feel it hydrating their skin. Follow up your moisturizing routine with some of the Emperor's nude makeup, which is so light, you don't have to worry about it smudging or getting on your pillow ever again. Your brushes will stay clean as the day you got them. But real beauty gurus swear by this lighter-than-air line of foundations, eyeliners, mascara, and lipsticks. The Emperor's nude facial lotion and makeup, only the most beautiful, will know what you're wearing. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporter, Philip Lechman. Philip has an interesting connection to eggs. If you give him an unhatched egg, he can speak to the chick within. He has been quite busy with the recent trend of chicken gender reveal parties. He arrives with his pink and blue marker and will mark the eggs for the excited hen and rooster so they know just what to expect from their brood of eggs. Philip is also a generous supporter of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to him and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Philip and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. A big thank you to all the other supporters of the podcast. You are the cheese in our omelets for a lazy Sunday morning brunch. Breck was waiting for me at the edge of the field. They had ears that might have been a headband and a tail hanging from the back of their jeans. I had to hop a fence and take a long walk with the wind blowing across the white snowy fields, low-hanging clouds and Breck standing with hands in their pockets and a deadpan look on their face. Hello, I said. Breck nodded. 
they held out a pile of two books and a small box tied with a red bow. I looked in the envelope. I had twenty-two fifty-five in change, the hair, and five apple seeds. I looked in the envelope. I had twenty-two fifty-five in change, the lock of hair, and the five apple seeds. I didn't know what to pay, so I handed the whole envelope over. Breck looked inside, plucked out the apple seeds, threw the hair in the wind, and then grabbed a fiver. Tell her there's walnuts in them. Breck nodded and walked away. Righto. I drove the groceries and all back to my neighbor, carried him in. Her eyes lit up as soon as she saw the books in the little box. By the time I'd brought in the bags of birdseed, she had opened the. By the time I brought in the bags of birdseed, she had opened it and revealed eight a beautiful square of brownies. I did take a piece that she offered, and it was delicious. And yes, there were walnuts in them. The second teller for this episode is Janice Del Negro, a storyteller and professor at Dominican University. Her books, Lucy Dove, Willa and the Wind, and Passion and Poison, have received starred reviews and notable awards. This is a story from her album, Fortune's Daughters, Ghost Tales and Folk Tales, and is the tale, Mary in the Garden. Small content warning, this one has a level of suspense and some bullying. The house was old. The woman who lived in the house was old. She was old when the parents of the town had been children and when their parents were children too. The hedge around the house was an old tangled wall and the turret that rose above it was an old cloudy eye that looked over the town. Everyone knew that the old woman belonged to the house. She never came out. She had her groceries delivered, preferring to stay inside with what she knew. The hedge grew taller. The house got older. The children who tried to sneak into the garden on Halloween only tried once. The hedges are alive, they said, and the grown-ups laughed. Wind threw an overgrown topiary garden, the parents said. Wind shaking limbs of hedge animals that need trimming. The children allowed themselves to be comforted, but they never went back to the garden, and they left the old woman strictly alone. We know what happens in that house, they would say. But of course, they didn't know at all. It would have gone on that way, the hedges growing taller, the house getting older, except one day the girl came to live at the house. The neighborhood knew that the girl, Mary, belonged to the house the same way the old woman belonged. The old woman had the hedges trimmed, the fountain turned on, the little girl enrolled in school. It might have been fine. But Mary was not allowed into the circle of children at the school. It was little Debbie who kept her out. After little Debbie snack cakes, I'm so sweet, she used to croon. But she wasn't sweet at all. She was a little beast, especially to the new girl. Which girl, she hissed. How many old ladies are buried in the garden? The other children were curious, but Debbie was just mean. Witch girl, ghoul girl, you can never be one of us. Thanks to Debbie's poison, Mary was shunned by the other children, kept outside the circle, 
left to herself. With that sneaky cleverness some children know so well, the names and the nastiness were kept to secret whispers the grown-ups never heard. Mary found solace in the overgrown garden. The old fountain gurgled through ivy draped over a cracked basin. The chipstone cherub looked over his wild garden. The topiary animals, once so carefully pruned, ran wild through the paths. The hedges were so tall, the garden was like a maze. Wander in it far enough and you could barely see the house. Mary escaped the taunts of little Debbie and her followers by slipping through the wrought iron gate into the garden. The children never followed her there. They were too frightened to pass through the gate. The hedges hid Mary, although the shrubbery could not block out the taunts. Witch girl, ghoul girl, they should burn you and the old lady too. Mary sat on the grass next to a stone bench. She was so lonely. She put her head down on her arms. She wasn't crying. If she had been crying, she would not have heard the rustling in the hedge. Who's there? she called. She peered into the foliage. The face that looked out at hers was made of dark green leaves, and the eyes were greener still. Don't be afraid, Mary said. I won't hurt you. From that day on, the taunts of the other children fell off Mary like dead leaves from a cold tree. She had a friend. Her friend never came into the house, but they played in the garden all the time. Tag and Dead Man's Chase and Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek was her friend's favorite game. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Knowing that her friend would be waiting for her when she came home gave Mary a kind of armor against the children's teasing. Most of them went on to other things when they failed to drive Mary to tears, but determined Debbie wouldn't leave her alone. Debbie would follow Mary home, stopping at the wrought iron gate to whisper hateful things through the metal leaves and blossoms. No one will ever like you. No one will ever be your friend. Why don't you just die? The closed gate stopped Debbie for a long time. Until the night Mary ran through the gate toward the garden, and Debbie stood outside the gate, hateful and hating. Witch girl, ghoul girl, Debbie rattled the gate, and it swung open without a sound. Mary, a lone figure on the path, turned and called out, Do you want to play with us? She took off, running between the hedges, calling, Come out, come out, wherever you are. Debbie ran after her. No one plays with you. You have no friends. Oh, yes, I do, yes, I do. And his favorite game is hide-and-seek. Hide-and-seek, hide-and-seek. Who hides and who seeks? Mary disappeared down a path, and Debbie followed, furious. Just wait till I get you. Just you wait. Debbie ran and ran and ran. The paths went on and on and on. The garden never seemed to end, and the hedges got taller while the night got darker. Debbie had to stop running. She leaned on a tree, breathless. When did it get so dark? Mary? 
Over the bushes, Mary's voice floated on the nighttime air. Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks? The hedges were high. The paths were empty. Debbie could not hear the noises from the street. All she could hear was the wind blowing through the leaves, blowing through the hedge. All she could hear were the rustling leaves, the rustling hedge. Debbie walked back toward where the gate should be. The topiary animals stretched in the wind. The moon came up and glowed through the topiary hedges, giving the overgrown animals eyes that gleamed in the night. Debbie began to run to where the gate ought to be, run to where the street ought to be, run from the rustling to the gate, the gate, the gate and the street, but the rustling got louder and the hedges got taller, and the rustling got louder and the hedges got taller, and the rustling got louder and the hedges got taller. Mary, Mary, where are you? The rustling was all around, all around, and Mary's voice, high and far, called to her friend, Come out, come out, wherever you are. No, no, don't come out, Debbie shrilled. There was the gate, the gate, the gate, a short run to the gate, and she would be safe. A figure stepped onto the path between Debbie and the gate. Mary? No. No, not Mary. Hide and seek, hide and seek. Who hides and who seeks? A leaf-green face with eyes that glowed green fire. A leaf-green mouth and a voice that rustled and rustled and rustled. Who hides and who seeks? The high hedges muffled any noise. They never found any trace of Debbie, even when they finally thought to search the old woman's garden. All they found were topiary animals overgrown and twisted, and a fountain with a chipped cherub smiling down on the weeds. Memory being what it is, little Debbie was strangely sweeter in death than she had been in life. When the old woman died, Mary left the house, but not for long. She came back one day with a little girl. Everyone knew that, just like the old lady belonged to the house and Mary belonged to the house, the little girl belonged to the house, too. Mary had the hedges trimmed, the fountain turned on, the little girl enrolled in school. Even though none of the neighborhood children would play with her, it wasn't long before passers-by could hear the little girl calling, Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks, above the garden hedges, and think, what a pleasant game the little girl was playing. Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Brenda Wong Aoki and... Janice Del Negro on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can connect with the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Lynn Ford. The inspiration for the true fairy tale 
was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. You can see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on iTunes. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies.